Welcome to another edition of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel, and I have a great, wonderful guest who is the epitome of work and play, Mr. Keon Mitchell. How's it going, guys? Uh, thanks for the wonderful introduction. Uh, my name is Keon Mitchell, born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I went to A&T for school, Aggie Pride, uh, where I studied my computer science degree. Um, from there, I actually uh, picked up an acting course, actually, over there at A&T, and um, that kind of landed me where I'm at today. I love how you go straight into, like... Hello, guys. This is my name is Kim. Oh, Look, before we got started, we were like, oh, in here. Oh, yeah, I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying not to do that in my, on auditions. I be trying to. You know, I do that too, actually. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I had to, but still, though, I think uh, your story is the epitome of like work and play. And um, I think among like you being an actor and then you you also being a corporate employee, there's two different like lanes that we can explore. Yeah. Um, and I think what I'd like to do is kind of get started with like how you grew up. What was your upbringing like? Oh, man. So whew, it wasn't bad, you know, um, modest, so to speak. Uh, my mom came down to Atlanta from St. Louis. Um, she went to uh, breast cancer twice when she got down here, survived and such, had me middle of that whole process. I grew up in, um, on the east side of Atlanta, um, went to Southwest DeKalb High School, you know, uh, after Pride. Uh, grew up in different activities. My mom kept me involved. You know, she passed. I learned how to swim when I was 14 years old. That, that catapulted me into my first job as a lifeguard. So I've been working since I was 14, never been without a job. I'm in school, I, you know, step team, band, FBLA, different different kind of organizations. I was also a part of the STEM program. But growing up, man, it was just me and my mom's. You know, she's from St. Louis again. You know, she skates, you know. So Does I, she like sparkles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sparkles? Yeah, I'm speaking sparkles. You know, but yeah, <laughs> but, nah, she don't really hit sparkles. You grew up in, um, over there. It's called Skate King in St. Louis. Okay. But, um, you know, we grew up in um, Skate Town back in the day when it was jumping and mm-hmm. um, Golden Glide for sure. Right. Definitely cascade for me, you know. Uh, she will, we were on the east side of Atlanta, so Golden Glide was our home. Okay. I grew up in a skating ring with the boys, a lot of friends, my day ones. That kept me out of a lot of trouble. It was my place of, you know, peace, kept my sanity together. I would literally skate every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, maybe Tuesdays of each week since I was like three. Wow. Yeah, so I grew up in the skate world. Um, it kept me happy. You know, it was my getaways around the corner from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shout out to Mr. Greg at the YMCA over there at East Lake YMCA. You know, uh, he um, hired me or allowed me to uh, get introduced to being a lifeguard for the YMCA and getting mm-hmm. started. So I got my certificate over there with, uh, you know, uh, with the YMCA as a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Did that. They let me over into Browns Mill Water Park on the east side. Uh, shout out to the squad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to the squad. Uh, east uh, over there at Browns Mill Water Park. We did that. And that was that became a college job when I went to Browns Mill. Um, so YMCA was high school, middle school. Brownsville was my summer job when I came back from A&T during school. Okay. Um, and I would do that for four years. And they landed me into corporate America after my internship at Newbury Logistics before they got bought out and met life so on so forth. You mean that if you like. Yeah, I do. But, you know, there's this thing that is, I'm really just, it's coming up. So mm-hmm. I sing. So I have a gift of singing, okay. right? But when you meet a person who is a corporate person who taps into his acting, I want to know where that that first like spark came from that told you, you know, hey, I think I might be good at this. Like, were you the type of kid who loved attention, or were you the type? Of person? Actually, it's crazy as hell because I don't like attention, mm-hmm. but I've always been a performer. Okay. So um, I've been on honor roll, principal list since forever. Like, 
out of school, graduated with like three, seven, eight or something like that from Southwest. Um, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Okay. But just vulnerably speaking, you know, um, I didn't have the confidence of an average kid my age on the east side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had these glasses and self-esteem issues, confidence issues. You know, I wasn't, that wasn't something I thought that I could jump into because you tell kids what you want to do as kids and they tell you shit up, you know, like they'll tear your dreams up, everything. Like, you bought, please. <laughs> right. What's the I'm like, nah, that's not happening for you. Mm-hmm. Let alone, I was just dealing with my personal insecurities and personal stuff as a boy growing up. But it's something that I always wanted to do. Um, a good friend of mine, there was a there was a switch in there that kind of switched my confidence and my um, self esteem. Like there was a moment because my glasses, for some reason, did a lot of damage to me internally. I had to deal with people. Yeah, I, mean, I had to deal with people and stuff like that on a regular basis. But I also had to deal with myself. And you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer that you are what you see. Mm-hmm. You know, live your vision. Yeah. You know, so I saw myself being one way in the future, but I didn't see myself getting there on the tr- on the track that I was on. You know, so my confidence was a thing, but my intelligence was another. Okay. So my confidence came from my intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get into. I said, you know what? Maybe I can get into thing. I'm going to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. I want to play the drums and shit like that. You know, but. And a lot of people don't know that I didn't know, I didn't even know what college was or universities were until I got, until I got to my senior year so I was together. I, just, I didn't know what college was. So my boys talking to me, you seen that Ohio game? What? You know, like, <laughs> not that bro, I'm trying to go to Alabama. Bro, just get on the plane and go to Alabama. The whole time, we're talking about roadside. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know about that culture. My family wasn't interested, really inter- we're not really, you know, ingrained in that culture. My mom's went to a community. Um, so I had a teacher at uh, my AP American Literature class, and it was Ms. Jenkins. You know, she said, all right, guys, make sure you guys get ready for the college fair and all that. My college fair? What y'all talking about? You know, but by that particular moment, it was my second semester, and I knew what it was. I said, okay, well, what do I like? And in science. So with that being said, let me, uh, let me, let me get on Google and see what, what are some engineering schools are. Got on Google, I said, engineering schools in America. African-Americans. And of course, mm-hmm. North Carolina Agricultural, excuse me, North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University <laughs> popped right up, you know, as graduating the most African-American engineers across the country as a, um, with a very successful engineering program. Okay. So at the time, I wanted to go to an engineering school to pursue aerospace engineering, you know, um, so I applied for A&T. And when I got, there, when I, uh, I went there, it reminded me of, you know, Southwest DeKalb, got the same colors, to see all these African-Americans of different backgrounds, this successful, but at the same time, Jiho, greatest homecoming on earth, we also turned up too. So it was kind of like, <laughs> I need to go, I need to go to A&T to get much further my education. I talked to my mom. I said, hey, mom, I want to go to college. She said, what? I want to go to school. She didn't think I'm meeting with her and telling her I wanted to go to college, which kind of shows the, you know, mental trajectory of my of my environment or my immediate family, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I told her I wanted to go to college. She said, okay. So my mom has always been the one to make it work. One of the strongest women on her back, you know, and um, Pan Plus Mom kicked in. She did her research on about that. Now, I applied to A&T at first, and A&T told me no, because, um, actually, I forgot the reason why, but they, they had told me no. First time. Yeah, first time. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, she ended up writing a letter to the school, and I'm getting it. Hey, mama. My dudes. Hey, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, so A&T, they, they let me in, got in there, and um, from there, this one, I was kind of going through a lot of personal development changes, because I started wearing contacts around, like, my, uh, no more glasses. Ain't no more glasses. You know, <laughs> ain't no more glasses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I'm stop, yeah, stop bullshit. You know what I'm talking about? 
you know, so no more glasses at that time. So I started wearing contacts, you know, um, that kind of allowed me to visually look at myself differently. And it, and it actually started carving out furthermore than I saw myself being. So I'm like, okay, I'm one major step closer to being that guy. Mm-hmm. Again, I still haven't even thought about acting anymore at that point. Um, with the A&T, but it's Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated by way of the Beta Epsilon period chapter. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, joined uh, NSBE, National Society of Black Engineers, the Student University Activities Board as Mr. SUAB my senior year. I was Mr. Georgia Aggie, different kind of things going on in the yard. Go to high school, college chair for Alpha, um, at T. I had a lot of different things going on and still trying to maintain my computer science degree. And it was hard. And one thing A&T will teach you is balance. And that kind of segues into how I'm able to do it today. Absolutely. Balance. You know, so um, I had a really good friend of mine. I'm all, at any interview, I always, I always, I always got to say his name, Alicia Williams. You know, I had a couple of friends, a couple of day ones, I actually would have gone and talked to and said, hey, you know, I want to be an actor. This is around my senior year. I said, I want to be an actor. I talked to my line builders first. All of them supported it. Talked to a specific on a couple of specific day one. I said, I'm gonna be an actor one day. They said, no, nah, bro, no. Nah. So you can't see me doing it? No, nah, man. You know, you like the briefcase, you know, kind of guy. Go to the office and shit. Like, nah, you, that ain't that ain't nah, that ain't your thing, man. That ain't who you are. Mm-hmm. I believed it because my insecurities were on up. Supported that. I actually asked the next girlfriend at that time, though. She's a dancer. I asked her, I said, hey, you know, you think I could uh, do this one day? Nah. All right, cool. I believed it. Got the AT and I talked to Alicia Williams. Alicia Williams, you know, uh, she's the founder of Wanja Collegiate Black Women at AT. You know, uh, much love. And I talked to her outside of Pride Hall when they were on AT in the car, skipping class. And I said, yo, you think I can be an actor? Well, I'm going to say, I could. She looked at me like this. Do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did that yeah. feel? I was like, uh, it made me, because of who she, cause who she is to me, it was like, you know, Terrence J with the auntie. So mm-hmm. Terrence J. Oh, from um one oh six and Yeah, Terrence J. Okay. You with the auntie, you know, make a sci fi shot to me, saw the boys with hat to play, you know, uh you know, so <laughs> yeah, look, oh my guys, man. <laughs> but um shout out to Musa, but yeah, he's Musa Auntie. Um cute man. I looked up to um him at that time because if it's um image on TV, I was like, Well he went he went down Florida and his name, you know, so I wonder if I can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um at that particular time she said, Yeah. And it's crazy how things come full circle when you're on a, on a, on a spiritual journey. You know, she said, yeah, I said, cool. Sign up for acting for non-acting majors with Mr. Uh, with Professor Gregory Horton at a um, I had class uh, with a couple of friends of mine. Um, and we knocked it out, aced the class. And she, and at some point he said, yo, you should do this for real. I said, I don't know how to do that. I feel like I read um, in your IMDb bio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That your first time on stage was at a No, my first time on stage was in Raleigh-Durham. So this is after I graduated. Okay. And this actually, after he told me I should try it, I was slated for graduation. Because again, I was there for my computer science degree. I wasn't changing my major at that time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up picking up a job for MetLife in their MTU program, MetLife Technical University. Okay. So I was a part of their first cohort for that. And that slated me to go to Raleigh. When I got to Raleigh, I said, you know what? I'm going to see if I can find some acting classes. You know, shout out to HBCU Pride Nation, um, Travis Jackson. I used to pray with this man every single day about yeah. going to make this happen. Okay. And you'll say, okay, enough of the prayer. Mm-hmm. Get your shit together, guy. <laughs> get yeah. it happen. I, I didn't do it. I was just too scared. Um, training for my corporate life, and I ended up signing up for, I ended up going to a theater called the Riley Little Theater. You know, over there, I trying to sign up for class, and they said, yo, so um, we're doing this play called Randy and Brother Wind, and um, yes. it's based on the cakewalk of our ancestors, right? And our brother Wind just dropped from the play. Can you do it? I said, Nah, I came in for classes. You 
be just fine. You know what I mean? And they brought me to the play. That, that play ran like 16 times. If I showed you a picture of that costume with the Mikeys I had on, I'm like, uh, it was crazy, man. So I was a mystical creature playing Brother Wynn in the Moranian Brother Wynn story. You guys should check it out. It's a really dope story. Uh, really, really, really bomb story. You yeah. know, uh, so did that 16 times. You said it was it. the cakewalk. I hate to interrupt, but you mm-hmm. said it's the cakewalk of our ancestors. It's like a, it's a, it's a dance. Like a, it's a dance. I didn't have to do the dance to play luckily. Yeah, I want to dance. They had me singing though. That was bad. <laughs> they had me singing in the play. Is that why you didn't go the musical route? Well, partially because I can kind of sing a little bit, okay. but not really though. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that at that. You know, okay. I know a trainer. Her name is her name is Jasmine Cramley. She was my vocal coach for a little bit, and I, yeah, that just didn't happen. <laughs> so it just didn't happen that way. Okay, so you did six, uh, 16 or six? 16 runs. Runs, and why did that change the trajectory for you in acting? How did that solidify your acting? So it changed it because, you know, it opened me up to a different level of confidence. And it also opened me up to something that I always wanted to do. I said, you know what? I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how to get from point A to point Z, but I'm going to get there. Like, I know I'm going to get there. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to look, though. Mm-hmm. I'm a planner. I plan everything to a T. And, you know, there's a lot of spiritual testimonies and trials mm-hmm. that kind of go behind that planning of things mm-hmm. that we can get into later on, if you would like. Um, but it was crazy, you know. But all in all, I started that, I started that whole process, and I was slated again to move to Charlotte. And that's where I was going. That's, again, this is me following my corporate life mm-hmm. with my computer science degree. Along the way, I'm developing my art and my artistry life. And your confidence. And my confidence in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, got to Charlotte. I'm still not sure about it, but at this point, I'm like, yo, if you want to do it, bro, do it. Throw some, throw some nuts, bro. You know, and I'm on Google. I'm in Greensboro at the time visiting one of my friends. I'm on Google. I'm like, yo, I don't know the agents. I'm on the sports agent. They got agents for actors. Googling and stuff. I ran across uh, a few agencies, but the one that stood out the most was, um, was Carol and the Time Agency. I'm still signed with them to this day. You know, I went there, green, monologue from offline, didn't know what I was doing. Um, anything. I had to cut the V-neck, tank tops and jeans, and some loafers. You thought you had to show up. Y'all had to show up. Y'all had to show up. Y'all showed up. And, um, I love it. Showed up in there, and I did my monologue, screwed it up. They just I, got, I got like six lines in. I was mm-hmm. I just, I just he was to play. Got a call the next day. Said, "Who want to sign you? He signed me, and literally a month later, Mark called me. My agent called me and said, hey, you got an audition for this ESPN country. I didn't think I had an audition for it. They said they want to use you for this ESPN country. All right, cool. I don't know. Any, I already have had any really formal classes. So I'm showing up with a four-man crew, producer, director, camera guy, boomstick man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> showing up, doing this audition. That was my first commercial. What year was this? This was 2015. Okay, because we haven't done any, like, any chronological. So to bring us where we are today, and the reason I go so deep is mm-hmm. because we have a tendency, so as corporate America, and I can imagine like your education and the way you were raised as a professional is very logical. It makes yeah. sense. Um, and so we have this tendency to just talk about what we do. And there's so much about who we are mm-hmm. that really like, changes the way that we move. And for you to be in a place where you are now like merging your work and play and acting and professional. Up until this point, we've been training to be, a, to think a certain way, to be a certain way, to All live right. a certain way. And you've been planning to go into corporate. So now you have this trajectory that's taking you down this other path, which is like bringing confidence to you where you need to go. So, of course, I want to get to how you balance it. But this gives us the why. So I had to make a decision. I had to change my mindset because, again, like you just said, I'm entering something that's not necessarily familiar territory externally and internally. Mm -hmm. I had to change my mindset about certain things. Again, shout out to Travis Jackson. Driving down to Charlotte one day. And the thing that altered everything. Called me on the phone. 
he said, what's going on, Key? He said, well, what you want? <laughs> That's my brother right here. <laughs> making, sure, making sure we're good, right? And I told him, I said, yeah, man, you know, I'm just an analyst out here, you know, trying to pick up this acting thing. He said, no, you're an actor who makes a living as a business systems analyst. Wow. Changed everything. Wow. It's all about perspective, and perspective can gauge where you're going. Yes. You know what I mean? And that one line changed everything. It changed my priorities, and it changed my way of thinking, and it changed the direction I was grooming myself in, where I thought God was grooming me towards. Mm-hmm. It changed it to the path that I felt like I'm destined to be on. You know, so friends are so important. You know, the right ones. Um, I had day one something to be known, but I got a friend telling me, you're an actor, you're making a living as a business systems analyst doing both. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it changed everything. So um, it got to a point where it's like, all right, so if I'm going to do this, let me let me, let me, let me change up some things. Let me change my attitude. Really. At the time, I was living in Charlotte. You know, I had a lot of personal things going on. My mom's going through her health. I'm still trying to grow because I wanted my vision for it. God showed me something. Number one was, you know, get a national commercial. Second thing was, get a big movie. Third thing was, you know, uh, get a, uh, the third thing was, uh, ah, can't think of them all right now. Because they already happened already. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happened within that five-year plan. Wow. You know, but I had to, it's more so of a spiritual journey than anything because, again, it gets emotional. It's hard. You know, so if you, know, if you get into the balance of the corporate thing, and understanding that we're being so groomed into the corporate life that we are, like we grown, it's not even school, to be honest. You Absolutely. Know? And it, you kind of get groomed towards the corporate mentality and the corporate mindset working for somebody, you know, and so as to, instead of understanding how could you use this for your advantage to get to where it is that you're trying to go as an artist. Absolutely. You know, so me, I was at some point locked in, like, I gotta go to work every day. Yeah, I still gotta go to work every day, but at some point, work becomes sacrificial for that. And it is what it is. Yeah. And so, wait a minute. What what so what was your role? You were an analyst already. Mm-hmm. What was your role? And kind of walk us through how you got your first job. Because now we have ESPN or my actual corporate job. Your corporate job because that oh. part is a whole different story. So none of this is possible without that. Flint Lake period. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna even lie. Like when I graduated from AT, like when I was one, when I was a side corporate home, I'm like I'm not about to get a job. Because <laughs> <laughs> by that particular time, I did not. I knew for a fact I did not want to go into corporate America. Okay. I just knew I didn't want to do it, but I was like, "What you gonna do? Mm-hmm. I'm not going back to the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going back to the house." You know what I mean, I don't remember his name. But I was, I was. It was me and four of the brightest students in my class in the computer science department. I was friends with everybody. Everybody. I didn't see status. You know what I mean, and four of the brightest. Honestly, the job that I had, they, I feel like they were more qualified. But here's the kicker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's something for everybody. And I didn't even know that my role even existed. I didn't even know how much of my role in IT that I was playing while I was going through classes like senior project. A business system analyst is responsible for being the liaison between the business stakeholders and the development team. I didn't realize even doing senior project that I wasn't trying to do too much coding. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't trying to code this. I'm not a coder. <laughs> but I understand what they what the, what our teacher was asking for, so uh-huh. let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the actual presentation explaining the requirements, explaining this naturally. I'll pass this off to the development team so they can express you know, their engagement with the project and how we developed it this whole time as a business systems analyst. I didn't even know that was a job or a role until we got to corporate. I'm having a conversation with this man who's recruiting for MTU at Matlock Technical University. Talking to him, we're just having a general conversation. We're talking about certain things. I'm not really talking that much. I'm letting the guys talk. He stepped off. He came back and said, Kim, talk to you for a second. I'm like, me? What? What's up? Exactly. <laughs> you know, the guy that was. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> he said, listen, man, we need guys like you. 
I said, me? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the business systems analyst role? No. Could you let me know what that is? Explain the job description. There's something called MT that I want you to, I, I think you'll be a really good fit for. Introduce me to that lane. Out of those four individuals, out of the five of us, he came and talked to me about it. I didn't bank on that because I was trying to figure out how I'm going to figure out acting. And I didn't even thought about even getting past my fear of it. I had prayed to God after I graduated. I said, I want to be able to grow my acting career and my corporate career simultaneously until it's time to, for me to let go of my corporate life. Okay. And I hang on to that. And they've both been growing. ESPN, and now we're talking about exposure tomorrow, HBO, BET, American Black Film Festival. Yeah. So many different projects. So at the foundation of balance for you, it stems from this pre-existing belief that you were already going to, you were destined to be an actor in your heart. And because you were a man uh, who, now when the person told you you were a, uh, no, this was, you were already an analyst. So when you prayed to God and you said, I want to build my, my life simultaneously, your idea of balance was always the scale was going to be here until acting to, to the whole. So now we understand what your goal was even in creating balance. So how did you decide? So I would assume before this man told you this, that unlocked your mindset, you might've been just kind of pulled in two directions and you didn't feel like you had control. So what, what, what did you start to change when this man told you this? One thing that sticks out the most is being, first and foremost, being an actor, we're, we're based on our energy. A really, really good friend of mine named Jocelyn Hall told me one day that you gotta stop letting everybody around you protect your energy. Everybody is for you. I didn't, I, I didn't understand it at the time because I was such a social butterfly trying to make everybody happy. But that, be, that allowed me to start focusing on just myself. Um, if we're talking from external to, I mean, we're talking external to internal. So that allowed me to begin to kind of focus on myself and understand what that means. I started training more, you know. Um, oh, God. Like, I had to really change my mindset because by this time, by the, all this happened, ESPN has already happened. Almost Christmas has already happened. David E. Talbot, the director of Almost Christmas, told me, you know, he said, don't focus on fame. Focus on the crap. Mm-hmm. And I live by that to this day. I ain't trying to be nobody. I ain't trying to be famous. I'm not on Instagram. I ain't, you know, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care. Like, you know, um, it's already written. Yeah. You know. So you were a corporate person and you started to invest more time into training. I was a corporate person. I started taking my corporate money and putting it into my dream. Okay. So I started taking my corporate money. I had to read. I had to start making th- different sacrifices. I needed more money because mm-hmm. I got a different thing. That's I have a different um, expense that's required class. Mm-hmm. It's a requirement now, not a desire. No. Fine classes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I signed up for classes. The management technique. I studied with Kelly Hinneman. You study right under a guy named Maya. You know, are you familiar with the Maya technique? Mm-hmm. The Maya technique, uh, it derives from Konstantin Stanislavski, um, African-American. Um, I believe he's associated with the American theater. And Stan, um, Sandy, they, they call him Stanford Maya, studied under him or studied him, so to speak, and created a Maya, something called the Maya technique based around him. Kelly Hinman studied with Sandy. Sandy was myself, as well as Jocelyn's acting coach. Okay. We're right at the source. So it's kind of like, so kind of going through that motion, kind of going through that training for years and getting that, like we had to, I mean, well, get a help. I mean, so I began taking the time to really understand what was more important to me. Reprioritizing my finances, reprioritizing my energy, reprioritizing my focus, reprioritizing where I'm spending my energy, I'm spending my time. And I began to get bored with corporate. You know, I was traveling back and forth between Charlotte and Atlanta, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the road. A lot of people wasn't a part of that process. A lot of people didn't even know that I'm out of Charlotte. A lot of people didn't know I was in Atlanta. Going back and forth, um, almost Christmas happened. I didn't know what I was walking into. I didn't know what a feature film was. Bro, it's a movie. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what all that stuff was. 
was. You know, I met George Pierre for the first time. Like, you know, I didn't I didn't know what all that was. I didn't know what that process looked like, you know. Um, and kind of going through that and really understanding what that looked like was really, 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 really green, really hard. And it's kind of segues back to me asking my agent, why did you sign me? He said, well, I signed you because you wanted it because you were green. So I vowed to myself that I will always do the best that I can to remain as green as possible, to keep myself open to different opportunities, different lessons, different techniques, different people, different energies sometimes that you want to in to be able to adapt. There's different things like uh, it was hard and it still is hard. When you started getting bored with your corporate job, and are you still in corporate? Yeah. Okay. So, are you still, in, are you still yeah. right? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm imagining there's a way to navigate in that in that, um, in that area. So, so how did you just tell first and how to, who, who? Did anyone know that you were bored oh, before you started to communicate? Oh, at the job? Yeah. Oh, at the job. Oh, oh, so, you know, so, this one sister knew that I was on the, you know, this yeah. one sister knew that I was on the, yeah, you know, you that movie. I said, yeah, what the hell am I? I'm gonna get fired. You know, corporate strike me down, but you got benefits. Mm-hmm. He was, I mean, so nobody really knew, like my media team didn't know. Like nobody that I was working for knew about it because quite frankly, I didn't trust them with that information, mm-hmm. my job. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust that at that time as a junior business assistant analyst that they would trust me with that responsibility of pursuing my dream. At the same time, I was doing my job. I worked extremely hard. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, they never knew about it. I took mad PTO to go and film almost Christmas. Okay. You know, um, it is what it is. You know, and I was gonna say, so you were bored internally, but you never let that affect your 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 what I had to do. Yeah. I never I never let that affect what I had to do. Now, mm-hmm. there's also other drivers outside of acting. Mm-hmm. I got a mom to look at. Mm-hmm. Make sure she's straight. Mm-hmm. I have I, there's things that I want that my family may not be exposed to. Mm-hmm. There's things that. I didn't grow with a good family since me and my mom. You know, uh, at one point, yeah, we we had it together, but over time, things has changed. And I wanted, I want too much. I want too much, not because I'm greedy. I want too much because God has shown me to. So it's like, okay, how do I get that? I got bored with my. I got bored with not corporate because I still like. Yeah, I was in a STEM program in high school. Yeah, I originally went to school for aerospace engineering, but yeah. I, it does so I still, yeah, mind. so I still, yeah, I'm operating both sides of my brain yeah. all day, every day. It's draining, but all day, every day, and it conflicts with each other. Okay, but um, yeah, I still get a chance to utilize my degree by parent plus on that my mama made a sacrifice to make this is gonna go to waste. You know, make sure she's straight. Mm-hmm. You know. So right now, the way you frame up your energy in both sectors is like. So I tell I tell I tell this to my clients. Your job is is your investor, mm-hmm. right? So if we if we change if we just shift our perspective of just like oh I'm going to work I'm just on just literally sink away eight hours of my day to just changing if your job is your investor. It sounds like you're in a place where you know where corporate's place is. It ha- right now is the is the the vehicle that helps you pay off these debts, right. and the acting is what's feeding your soul. It is, and tell me if I'm wrong. Yep. So right now, your balance currently just looks like it, passion and spirituality and personal growth and love of what you do, mm-hmm. and then you still love to think like this, and you love. I'm sure you love the projects that you're working on. Yeah, you know. So everything always comes full circle. Okay. Everything. Yeah. With the school to get my computer science degree, which is dropping by inception into my acting career. When I was at MetLife, I met a really dope young lady. Um, I won't say her name right now because she's currently my boss. Okay. <laughs> right? So, um, but I met this dope woman, smart as hell. Oof. You know, <laughs> like, and she cool. You know what I mean? Like, big cool. So, um, who knew that later on, four or five years ago, 
Kuduta later on down the road that she would be calling me to offer me an opportunity to work on her team, right? Um, we developed a really great friendship, brother sisterhood. Um, really good friends. Um, I know how hard she works. She knows how hard I work. Um, she called me with the opportunity to work for the company I work for now. Um, major pay increase, difficult, crazy level of exposure, and a bigger role, right? After a while, when I became so sure of my acting career, mm -hmm. nothing was going to stop me from getting there. Mm -hmm. I had to, again, look at my corporate life differently. I had to look at it as an investment. I had to look at it as an option. Mm -hmm. From there, there's something called flexibility. I've been working from home since like 2015 or 16. So COVID, you know, really affect me like that when it comes to my corporate circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, my flexibility. I made a decision to say that if I enter into a position, if it doesn't allow me the flexibility to leave when I need to leave, we're going to do my auditions. To be on set when it can be on set. If I can't establish some kind of relationship with my manager, and luckily this particular woman knows and supports that more open than my corporate life, knows what time it is. Mm -hmm. If I don't have that flexibility and understanding, I'm not going to take the opportunity regardless of the paycheck. Simple as that. Because that has to come first. Right now, until God show me that maybe there's something different about us. Maybe it's just a season. Who knows? We'll see as we go. As we work our way to see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but that's that's the sacrifice that I'm always making, though, because when it comes down to it, you know, if they wanted to say, you know, you're not in office enough, hey. There's a mindset that allows you to prioritize the corporate world in a way that most people are weighted down by the by yeah. the corporate name. So go ahead. And to be fair about it, like a lot of it, a lot of a lot of it isn't necessarily just oh because you know I got a computer science degree I can do this like we'll find another job tomorrow if I wanted to like no a lot of this shit is personal. Mm -hmm. It's because I you like, made a choice. I, I made a you make a choice mm -hmm. for what you want and how you want to be in it. This is your life. This is a decision that you make as a person. Yeah. So a lot of this had to come with a lot of sacrifices, a lot of personal choices, a lot of things that I've lost, a lot of people that I've gained, mm -hmm. and a lot of realizations that you know what if I don't do this I'm gonna lose the ultimate goal. You know, whether that's reputation, whatever, whatever that looks like, right? It all had to center around what ultimately what he has shown me. And I've lost, I remember moments, you know, um, yo, this is a crazy story, right? You know, let's get into her, let's get into some guy real quick, you know, this means you can't cut me off this time. All right, so <laughs> nah, let's get into some guy real quick. Like one time I was leaving class one day, I was with my best friend, he was leaving class. And at this particular time of my life, like I didn't, the shit that I, oh, sorry, but <laughs> Keep it real. I know mean, because talking about God, because I'm playing. But um, anyway, but the shit that I was going through at that time, she didn't know about it, everything. My mom didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it. Um, we left class one day at Kelly class. And I, got, I had enough. I had enough. Like, I didn't know where I was going. Again, I'm a planner. And it bit me in the ass. I didn't know where I was going. I was scared as hell. I didn't know what was next. Because I'm obviously, I'm always used to knowing what's next and knowing what's, what's about to happen. Because, you know, you get your computer science people and get a job. You know what I mean? Like, you, you put your investment here. You know what the, you know what the percentage is. You know what you're going to get back. I know how that works. But I didn't, I wasn't necessarily in tune with this spiritual aptitude that it took to chase something like this in an industry. Like, Cause I didn't, I didn't never seen it before. And yo, when I tell you we left that class, you know, there was a guy in his family that lived in the house, like on the property. We were actually having classes on the church property, and there was a house on there. I mean, on the property. And one day, I was just hot. Like, I was boiling, just hot. I wanted to come out of my clothes. I dropped my stuff, and I'm just like pretty much almost crying, like just trying to get this, get God's attention about what yo, what's next. Because I had just had a conversation with my mentor, his name was Dwayne Johnson. He just said, yo, Ken, like, you know, you used to planning things, but have you thought about the fact that God is stripping you of that plan? You probably reached the end of that track, so you have to operate on faith. I didn't want to hear it. I had that five-year plan locked in. This is my plan. I got this. 
after that class, this dude came out the he came out the he came out the house. Hey, what are you guys doing behind the house? You guys aren't supposed to be back here, white guy. This was all a lot of racist things kind of going on in Charlotte and stuff like that. And at that time, the high head I was at that time, I just went to home with it to that things. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where I was at with it. So Shorty's like, maybe we should go. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm not done talking to my pops up here. So I'm not gonna stay here. I'm getting ready to call the police. Call them. I'll be here when they get here. Maybe we should go. No, I'm not done yet. I'll deal with them when they get here. No matter how that look. Man, I get back to this conversation. I don't know what she thinking. She, she might be like, yo. But nah, and who would have thought, like, so this cop, so this squad car pulls up. Now I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't even scared. I was like, I, I, if I was gonna get shot, I was just gonna get shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what she was thinking. But you know, I was a G like that in my mind at the time because of what I was going through. <laughs> you know, and um, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yo, take everything out your pockets. Just put your hands up. Man, these two cops pulled up. I believe they parallel parked their car on the street. No lights, no nothing. Pull off on the property. One black cop, one white cop. This is Charlotte Police Department. Walked up to the scene and said, put your hands down. We ain't, no, we ain't here for all that. Young man, tell me what's going on. Real big, strong dude named Officer Hooker, Sean Hooker. I think he's my guardian angel to this day. Pull it up. I said, yo, man, I'm out here having, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm having a conversation with my father up here and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, and this asshole come out, <laughs> this asshole come out with shit. He said, whoa, 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 what's up? <laughs> I said, what's up? You said you was talking to, uh, you was talking to him? Yeah. I said, yeah. So what's going on? I don't think she heard this part because I think the other white cop was talking to her and then the property manager pulled up. He says, what's going on? I said, listen, man, like, I've been having, I'm crying again. I said, I've been having this five-year plan, man. I done did this, this, this. I don't know what's next. It's been a year and a half. I feel like I'm in such a dark space. Things ain't working out. My personal life is in shambles. My money acting crazy. I don't know where my career is going. I don't know what's next. I can't see it. I can't see it. It's pissing me off. I did this. I done made this happen. I did that. I done did that. Me, 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 me. He said, step over here. Let me talk to you for a second. I haven't heard one one bishop, pastor. I don't even think I heard T.D. Jakes break down the Bible like this man did. Genesis this. Revolution on the rhythm. Um, all of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Deacon Key. You know what I mean? I'm Key. <laughs> so he, just, he, just, he started penetrating the Bible something serious. All to fall back in circle and say, you've been taking responsibility for a vision and a plan that's not even yours this whole time. And it's crazy because that was a year and a half after Almost Christmas happened. Mm -hmm. And since Almost Christmas happened, I ain't gonna lie, I probably got a little big headed, but not like, not humble. I kind of got like, you know, I need this shit, so I can do this. I was trying to start, I was trying to start a, I was trying to start like a onesie line and all that shit. Like, I had two girls, Let's go jump though. You know, but um nah. But he set up and told me, he said, You've been taking responsibility and ownership of a plan that wasn't even yours from the jump street. And that's why you've been in this dark spot for so long because you lost me. You thought you was in control. And I ain't gonna lie, that was probably the scariest shit of my life because um spiritually like when I was talking to Officer Hooker, like I don't know, like my eyes like his eyes were just so like white mm. and like white. Mm. I never seen anything like and at that particular moment, I feel like I've never, I've never been in a space where I called to God and He came immediately. Because if He didn't come that day, yeah. I don't know what was going to happen to me the next day. Mm. And He came, 
and we had that conversation. He he said that he just said it like that, and it opened me up to say, okay, what do you say? That? He gave me his number. He said, I want you, I want you, your friend, you know, you know, come through. Me, and my five kids, <laughs> and, my, and my wife <laughs> to have dinner. He ain't never called me. I mean, I called him. It, it didn't work out like that, but you know, he, we stayed in touch. And when he, when come to find out. Come to find out the guy that was in that house that started that shit, he was he was bipolar, medically bipolar. Who knew? People don't understand. When people always say that you got flaws and shit, man, sometimes your flaws and flaws. Flaws are subjective to somebody else's opinion. Absolutely. And sometimes your flaws are meant to protect you sometimes. And sometimes your flaws are meant to escalate you and catapult you to somewhere that you didn't even think you was going to even go. Who knew that God would have used my stubbornness? Because Shorty was trying to get me up out of there. Who knew that God would have used my stubbornness and my attitude to keep me there? Because if I wasn't stubborn in that moment, I would have lost that opportunity. So, with that being said, like, when he walked away, everything went with him. And I didn't know what to say. I went to my line brother's house. His name is Darian Younger. I cried for like an hour. Because that was the scariest shit of my life. I've never seen somebody's eyes look like that. He, he walked away. He only pops up when I'm in some shit. <laughs> I know he pops up when I'm in some crazy shit. I mean, but like he pops up and I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It's not meant to be understood. It's just meant to listen to sometimes. And when that happened, to my Lambo house, cried. We went to a spot called Stas House in Charlotte, had a few beers. I went to the crib. I cracked smoke because I've never been that kind of scared in my whole life. I'm scared of spiders, hmm. but I ain't that scared of spiders. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm scared of spiders. I don't play with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, so that that changed a lot of things. And that began to open me up more to my acting career and understanding who is really in control and following that vision. Then I started going to LA. I started going to different places, experiencing different things and following those breadcrumbs that God ultimately asked me. Because when it's all said and done, all of this is working based on a vision that he showed me a very long time ago. Because without that computer science degree, there would be no acting career. Because that was the only thing keeping you moving forward. That was the only thing keeping me going was that degree and that drove everything else. Mm-hmm. As we see, we bought, as we see, we bought a house. My family, we own a lot of property, like that, we bought a house, mm-hmm. you know, all kind of stuff. So it's like keeping that whole thing going and God is blessing me with the opportunities to be able to grow all of this simultaneously together. And at some point, I know he's going to answer that, that prayer and say, it's time for you to go corporate because we got something else bigger to focus on on the acting side that's how it's going to be until he says otherwise you know so i always encourage people to say that hey those doubts are going to be there those scary moments are going to be there but sometimes you know uh, i used to go to a church um i still watch it online elevation church um pastor stephen Furtick. he did a sermon called um uh gates of change probably my favorite sermon like from him so far you know uh just because i haven't helped Gates of Change was a sermon that talked about, you know, being quiet in between, you know, like sitting in between the gates and it's quieting the chatterbox. The noise is going on around you. Listening to what God has for you because the noise is going to be there. The chatter is going to be there. The people is going to be there. The money may not always be there. The BS is going to always be It's going to be there. But what the gates of change, like what is your tongue? Like what, what are you, where are you? And sit in that chatterbox sometimes because it's going to be there. But in those particular moments, what I've learned that when I began to quiet that chatterbox and kind of mute certain things and exile certain things, and it became, everything became a little bit more clear. And things started to make sense. And then I started to begin, I started entering the space of my life where I started realizing that every dumb decision that I made or everything that I did that went wrong, it wasn't God. It was me. So that puts you in a position where you start molding your character based on what you want. And at the end of the day, the only person you can overcome for your issues. And that 
shapes the man I am today and what I'm going now and where I'm trying to go. Mistakes, people I affect, impacts, influence, good and bad decisions that I make. But that 29 year old space now where it's like, all right, well, you about to be 30. You done kind of got a lot of things that a lot of cats men have by the time they turn 30. Is it genuinely making you happy? Is your career making you happy? Yeah. Is your is your corporate life making you happy? Yeah. But where's your where is your happiness deriving from your opportunities and things, or is it or is it deriving from your core being because you're legit happy with yourself and carving out those things you want to work on to be the man that you want to be for a wife, kids, an influencer, um, man of God, all of that. Like that's the space I'm in in my life right now. What's important, what's not important, and that's ultimately going to make me a better wife. And after, oh yes, back at the, you, you know what? Your story is is extremely uh, amazing, and you're guided by faith. Clearly, yeah. uh, <laughs> you're. Would you say you're spiritual, more spiritual than religious, or religious than spiritual? I'm definitely more spiritual than religious. Okay, yeah. and then when you go, when you seek um, acting advice, I know you have a coach for that. You probably have several. Yeah, honestly, we got a we got a dope village out here, man. We got a lot of actors out here that we um that we and that we intertwine with you know uh it's a village of actors you know got a uh, got a squad that we call uh the tribe <laughs> or oh, whatever that i'm proud of with the crew uh, a lot of dope actors very talented um a lot of actors that i trained with you know uh, a lot of actors in the area that we just just land that we kind of work together but from a coaching perspective right. like i usually reach out to a really close friend of mine or whatever uh we do each other's auditions and stuff like that like we kind of coach each other up um, I also reach out. I also once reach out back to Kelly again to kind of get back in there. Atlanta's market's a little weird. You got to kind of trade widely with it, with what you get with it. This is my opinion in regards to who's training you and stuff like that because it's it's capitalist everywhere. You know what I mean? So okay. you know what I mean? So it's just I'm really serious about my craft and what I let what, who I actually let teach me. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to certain um, certain classes. I really want to get over there to uh, the American, uh, not American. Uh, What's the theater on Peace Street? Alliance Theater on Peace Street. And I actually want to get back into into theater to kind of follow their curriculum just to get back in there if they're actually taking class. And I would definitely sign myself for those right now just to get back based in that for sure. That would be dope from a um, from an acting perspective. But I'm also curious, who helps you in terms of your overall life goals? Because corporate has a place as, until it doesn't. And until until it doesn't, you have to navigate in that space, being mindful of all the pieces in that. And that on that board, I'm talking about a chess yeah. So who do you go to for guidance for the whole picture? Ooh, man. I'm talking to me people like that. I have to kind of learn how to let God streamline that. And unfortunately, I've always been a dude to learn. I've, I've always become the best man through doing, like, making really drastic mistakes. Yeah. Because, like, again, my father was in my life like that growing up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, People don't know, interesting fact, I'm technically Nigerian. Really? So my father wasn't in my life like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the mistakes and the man that I've become, you know, has been genuinely because of the decisions and mistakes that I've made that people don't understand. And it's okay. You know, my cutoff game has become so bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, because I understand the bigger goal and bigger purpose. Um, I always go to my best friend, you know, like, um, you know, we go through things, we've done, we've done things and stuff like that. Um, I can't really, you know, I do have some really, some, some dopes of solid, like solid day ones that I can really talk to that's known me since kindergarten and my boy, my Reese, mm-hmm. you know, that I've known since day one I can talk to and lean on for some real advice. I know this man's his pre-K. He's my oldest friend. Um, and of course, I got some bros on the alpha side. 
like I can reach out to, you know, but my boy DeAndre, he, um, as well, or he's Cable, my boy JY, my, it's, it's a lot of folks that I can reach out to and talk to. I got a community of solid cats and we all have gone through the same shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we all have the heart and the mental capacity and the perspective to be able to bounce off each other and check each other when need be. Mm-hmm. It's a dope group of chicks around me as well, too. They remind me of my mama. They strong as hell, mm-hmm. you know? And I always got folks that's on my ass. Like, Elena, Leisha. <laughs> like, I can, I can name a squad of folks that will call me if they found I was in jail and I got out there on my behind. What is what's up? Mm-hmm. I can sense your energy from feeling is that strong. What's the problem? Or what you got going on? You know, um, I'm also a member of the Emerging 100 of Atlanta as well. Nice. You know, um, for those who don't know that, that's an auxiliary of the 100 Black Men of America. So I also have a brotherhood with that and within that as well. That also, um, you know, as a support system as well. So there's different avenues, different different points of views. I don't have just one friend, one friend group, because one friend group would, would can easily one track you towards a specific direction. You gotta have different pockets of entities of people that you can bounce ideas off of to open up your mind to different things. Cause people go through different shit. Yeah. You know, so I do have a I do have a family, a community, and they all kind of know each other for the more. I kind of bring everybody together, you know. I got my dogs, you know, for sure, you know, Green, Beto's, Wayne, like Ricky, <laughs> like. Chef, what's up? I got the whole squad. I got a squad. Like, when I actually sit back and think of it, I have a crazy, crazy supporter squad. And everybody is different. You got the money makers over here. You got the fitness crew over here. You got the married fathers over here and stuff like that. You got you got the track homies over here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they all, we all have the same objective, the same heart. Everybody's just in different lanes. And I thoroughly appreciate everybody for everything that, is, that they've invested into me. And always that idea that they always had to always keep me out of trouble to make sure that I'm on the right track um, to be a god brother. My village at home, you know, my mom's, I call her my mom's like father, you know, outside of my actual mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. All their kids are like my god family. My god family, the stewards, you know, like, yeah, it's me. I'm kind of beat. <laughs> I'm kind of beat. You know, I think about it. Like, I don't really think about it like that. Like, I just, I just kind of go with it because honestly, I always keep in front of me. And what what guy I got up for me when I wake up today? That's what y'all I be thinking about. And I'm sorry to everybody that think I'm neglecting y'all. It ain't like that. I just be focused on. I gotta focus on because it's hard trying to do it all and trying to balance it, man. I got crazy responsibilities on both sides: the corporate life mm-hmm. and the acting side. Acting as an influence of the kids. Corporate life, actual corporate responsibilities for a multi-billion-dollar company. Absolutely. On the data side, that's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so So when we talk about balance, what yeah. it sounds like is just at the core of it. One, you've made a decision in your heart. Two, you're li- you're led by your faith. Yeah. And then three, you've made a decision that you're gonna prioritize your acting career over corporate. Oh, yeah. And there are other jobs. So not yeah, actually to say that corporate jobs are dispensable depend yeah. based on your life vision. Yeah. So um I'm curious if so one thing that I, I love to say <coughs> um nope. Um, as well what I was thinking about as you were explaining that you're a Nigerian so I have a lot of friends who are of African heritage as well and we talk about like first generation um, immigrants mm-hmm. but I think there's also this first generation corporate person and you're wading the water of like both like this corporate savvy and being truthful of who you are you found a manager who's like supportive of your vision and then you just following your heart and being a man of of God and find like who that is. But there's a person right there who right now who hasn't tapped into their passion yet. Right? They're they're in corporate America and they currently are just maybe too afraid to be bigger than the brand, which you are doing flawlessly. So when you think about the mindset, you're you're here. I just want you to think about what would it take to help a person who's sitting at their desk right now, 
maybe has a talent in acting, maybe has a talent in singing, maybe has a talent in whatever, and are too afraid to be bigger than the brand and don't know how to carry that balance, are afraid to figure out what balance even looks like. How could you reach back and what would you say to that person? Honestly, I got two quotes, right? The first quote, uh, a guy named James Carr, who was my lifeguard manager, if I could pronounce him, tell me something else since I was younger. You either grow through it or you go through it over and over. I would tell this person, do you want to go through this shit every day? You can, but you also can create options for yourself along the way. I ain't saying sit up here and just you know, say dead corporate. It's all the way. I'm not saying don't get your money. Do what you got to do. But most of this is strike my fear. A lot of growth we prevent, you know, we prevent our self-growth through self-sabotage by you know, sometimes lack of self-preservation during this. A lot of things that we want, a lot of things that we shy away from are things that we haven't experienced before. Sometimes we step into things that we haven't experienced before as if we have experienced them before, so we lack our greenhood to want to open up ourselves to those new opportunities that have to do ourselves. I know that sounds cliche and sounds preachy and stuff like that, but it's a real mindset to have. It's a real mindset to have. And I made that decision to say, you know what, man? Like, I'm really not trying to work for these folks every single day. I'm just not, I'm not trying to, that's not my, that's not my thing. I'm going to do it every day. But at some point, what do I want? So I would tell, I would ask this person, what do you want? Who are you? What do you want to do? Make a decision, like make a decision and live with it. Um, the second thing is, I usually tell folks at A&T, you know, who's running for the thing, who's running for camera, who's position on the yard and stuff like that. I would like to pass some kind of intimidation, good or bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I would like to tell people, I always tell people all the time, like, hey, like, and this, I can segue it back, but don't change who you are. To get the vote. You got the focus on your life. So had to say, crush yourself, crush yourself. Go through the process. Get the agency. Go through the process. Understand what that process looks like. It's not going to look like how you think it's going to look. That's the first thing. But go through that process. Understand what that process looks like. And be willing to go through that motion to find that self-discovery to get you to that next space. Because it's going to be so unfamiliar, even though your taste buds and your vision is already acclimated you to it and burden you. It's up to you, though. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I haven't been any happier than, than I am now knowing the fact that when it's all said and done, if I was to shut all this shit down, I already achieved my dream. <laughs> I was already on the big screen as younger daddy. With the Brazilian white, man. Let me tell you. Daddy, love <laughs> daddy love me tell you in the heart. When you call daddy on the phone, yeah, you know my wife, you know, uh, she's Brazilian. And I'm like, I know, man. You tell me every time I call you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great God of wisdom. Wow. Man, I can't even keep up with the wealth of knowledge he has. Man. I can't imagine. I, I, he, he's he's as smart as he sounds. Like voice, you know, he sounds like a, like, Just like, like Moses. You know, but a great guy, man. I've learned so much through just just talking to that man, but you just gotta go and get it. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like people just go and get it. Yeah, yeah, right. How? Man, I'm telling y'all, when I was at A&T and I had said, like, I don't know what Gregory Horton, my professor said, y'all, you need to go and do this for real, man. And I started signing up for classes and things like that. My first thing to him, I said, yo, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm thinking about Denzel. I'm thinking about Leonardo. I'm thinking about Robert De Niro. I'm thinking about Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just got that much scar face. I came, you know, and I'm like, Phew. I'm thinking, like, those guys, Morgan Freeman's, you know, like, Angela Bassett's, Viola Davis, you know, like, all these cats. Like, I'm thinking at that capacity in college, I'm telling myself off the top, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But then I also said that I wasn't going to go to college, I wasn't going to be an alpha, I wasn't going to be able to be this man, I wasn't going to be able to do this and be able to do that. 
I said, nah, bro, go ahead and nah. you don't go. People do not know that my career literally started on Google. Really? Yeah. yeah. Agents in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. John Casablancas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carolina talent agents. <laughs> See what they talking about. Submit when. Yeah. You want to bring you up for an audition. Audition, boom. We want to call you because you're green and you don't know what you're doing. You want to give you a chance. Yes. And now, and now we're here. So you got to bang yourself. You got to give yourself a chance. And that's a hashtag I use on Instagram. Give yourself a chance. I love that. And pound legacy over everything. I love that. So it ain't, it ain't a big hashtag, yeah, but one day, you know, y'all gonna get hit. I actually noticed that legacy of a resume, which is why I, I no, yeah. So, <laughs> because <laughs> when I think about the way you are, so I work with people who are always trying to figure out how to get from point A to point Z. This has been a motif for today, actually, yeah. this point A to point Z. And it's really hard for people to see how do I get past, what's my first step? How do I take that step? And so for so many people, it's just a mindset shift. For you, it was just a mindset shift. So I think that hashtag legacy over resume is the first thing that can help a person who is so focused on building that resume. Everything that we do is a resume builder. And we're talking about corporate people who think corporate is the pinnacle of existence, right? And you're coming from like, well, I always wanted to be actor, but I I know that this is keeping the, the food on the table. Yeah. And legacy of a resume could just be a reminder for you to keep your inner card, but it could also be a catalyst for somebody who's literally just scared to take the first step and put themselves first. Give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. You got to give yourself a chance. At the end of the day, like you don't want to leave this earth and give yourself a chance. Like, you know, like you give yourself a chance to do it. Like, mm-hmm. and that's really all it took. Like for me, I just, you know, right, if I'm going to do this shit, I'm going to do this shit. So... Done. I had to talk to the homies. <laughs> I had some really, really, really bomb. I got some really bomb friends, man. They everywhere too. Like we deep. <laughs> they everywhere, man. We motivate each other. I got a homegirl named Danielle Edge up there, man. You know, we had a major conversation. You know, she was bouncing between, you know, you know, the Carolinas over to LA, about to the Carolinas, trying to figure out things that she wanted. We had to have a conversation. Her agent's going, man. That girl turning up in real estate right now, like doing her thing. Like you gotta feed each other with the right things. I try my hardest to keep that drama and all that stuff out of my circle. If we bring that to the family, we're going to get you up out of here. Because at the end of the day, it's like, we may have our own internal drama, but it's in the house. But all that extra stuff that's just not really lucrative to a, or conducive to a positive relationship for anybody, yeah. you got to go. And if you're not solution-oriented. If you're not solution-oriented. Yeah. Like, if you got yeah. problems, you come into the group, you should be coming to the group with the solution. Yeah. Like, or that you want to be open to the solution. Yeah. But if you just like a pity party, nah. <laughs> now, we, now, we embrace each other's pity parties. Like, we kind of, like, we don't put a little bit, but after a while, like, you're going to get this tough love. Like, I will treat you for two days. But drop your nuts, let's roll. Because you got to figure this out. Yeah. Now, we're going to be with you throughout the entire process. It's not to say that you're going to lapse, that you're not going to lapse, or that you're not going to have any moments. But at some point, we got to get back on game. Because just as much as you're invested in yourself, believe me, we're just as invested in you as well. Yeah. And we want to make sure that you're good, that you're happy, and that you're straight. And at the end of the day, if you ain't got that kind of attitude, you're not going to really fit in this in that circle. Because we, we're each other's roundtable. Yeah. Everybody's doing things. PhD students, got a new lawyer. Somebody's about to be a judge, you know, got an agent, got a sports agent, you know, got somebody who just got, who just went to school, just graduated with their PhD from Harvard. Like, I got fine. It's just everybody, man. You know, one of the boys, he's doing big things in Alpha right now, let alone even down to the parental side of the house. Like, you know, I got dope fathers and mothers and we keep that, we keep that tight and I make sure, we try to make sure that we kind of click everybody together and make sure that we, at the end of the day, we have a huge family of resources that you can reach out to from all different types of avenues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's been my, honestly, my friend base has become one of my biggest, biggest strongholds. 
Yeah. You're blessed in that regard. You're blessed in many, many regards. But, um, I appreciate that. And you've offered so much. Usually I would say I would ask for advice, but you've actually given really great advice. So what I want to know is for you in the next five, let's say three to five years, right? Let's start to um, envision where Keon is going and, and what that actually looks like. And, and, give, and when, I, <laughs> when I ask this question, though, I get real specific. So when you think about your next three to five, even if you give me one really good specific goal, where are you? And what can we say when we look at this and be like, oh, oh, he said he was going to do that. How old you, man? I'm 29. I already got the house. I already got it. Kind of I already got things that I want. Like it's yeah. at this point where I see myself right now, I see myself putting out more projects on TV. I see myself mentoring so many brothers, even young ladies. And most importantly, that's bigger than my acting career. I'm on my wife and I'm on my kid. Like I want that. Like that's like that's that's kind of like everything. It's crazy because everything that I do kind of leads up to that. I just want to be able to sit down the man to be a better example than my than certain people were in my life. You know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to say that even about a diamond chain just to remind me of not being certain things. I mean, so it's like that's broken, by the way. We get that fixed. Mm. How to explain certain things? <laughs> explain certain things. Yeah. I mean, but uh, for real, um. The family thing is, um, I don't really experience that like the other than my friend base and my god family, my village. But it's not my family though, you know what I mean? So I want to be able to give my mama some grand, some grandkids. I want my wife, like, my wife, I want my dog, you know what I mean? Like, I want my two to three kids to be able to still be that hardworking man to support them, be that bad boy, to be able to pass this energy off into them so that way if I'm down, Baby girl can take over the house, so the kids got it. Like, be able to instill those things that my mother instilled with me to be able to build something stronger. I'm not the guy that just want to just skate through life. Like, no, at the end of the day, yes, enjoy life. You know, live it like a feather, float through it. Mm-hmm. But I got a, I got a mission that I'm trying to achieve in the next three to five years. No, I need, I need that. You know, I, I need that. And leave it up to God, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I need that for my kids and my family. And at the end of the day, we can ride this wave together and make sure that the things that I've learned and had to go through the struggle with to understand these certain things because nobody taught me this. My experiences taught me these things. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of battle wounds from the things I've experienced. I want to be able to pass it all to my, my wife, my kids, and that way they understand that too. So that way they can get the things that they want and be the people that they want to be. And be eventually you start to multiply. So yeah. You start to multiply. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where, where, where I'm at with it. You know, my brother is on my Nigerian side, Nosa and Kelly, amazing. You know, Nosa is an amazing father. Father, both of my amazing brothers, my older sister, Suzanne, amazing mother, you know I mean? The three boys, you know? So I'm just trying to follow those footsteps in that regard as well, too, because they had some life-changing things coming over from Nigeria into the States when I was like eight, nine years old. It's a whole different, man, what? A whole different thing. So for me, I mean, I need another car. <laughs> I need but you another know, car. on the family, you know so <laughs> the, the car, the house, that's going to come. But um, I, I do have one other question because I think, you know, you have a mix, you have a, your goals are a mix between like a corporate man and, and an acting man yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah. that the corporate <laughs> yeah. man is like, oh yeah, I want the house, the dog, and I can't wait to say, and, and you're more, you're, 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 but you're, you're both wholesome and you're like, you have big goals. So um, when you think about the family and the yeah. wife that you want badly and the children that you want badly um, and the family unit that you want to create, what's that one core family value that you are going to stand on when you do get those things? Mm. Ooh, grace gotta be grace. Here's the thing: people fuck up. Hey, mm-hmm. I fucked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying like people 
People, people going, people going mess up. I've been like this since I was a kid. At a certain while, at a certain time, I stopped becoming so forgiving. It's because people miss, you know, people misconstrue forgiveness or reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I forgive you, but I mean, about to be tight, potting. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> but grace though, like, because I didn't, I didn't, man, shout out. I didn't have some people turn their backs on me. I'm not ready to turn my back on somebody type of person. I'm so forgiving. You can step on me like five times. I get back up though. You know, I done had people lie on me so many different occasions. They never asked my side of stories or anything. I done had a lot of significant people that leave my life, no questions asked, but that I love to death, that I trusted. I done had people put me in some really, really, really fucked up situations that if I wasn't grounded with who I am, and I don't know if I would have made it do that kind of like betrayal in me. And I would have made it to that kind of shit. If I wasn't as grounded in God, I mean, I always exemplify it, but psh, me and God, we here, we tight, we know what it is, you know what I mean? And if I didn't have that faith and I did, if I didn't go through previous things to understand that you can get through this, it's going to kill you for a year. It's going to kill you for four, five, six months, but you're going to be all right though because you got a solid core around you. But the thing is, bro, you got to understand that people are going to make mistakes and people don't always have the knowledge that you have and always have the discernment perspective that you have. People are living their life how they live in their life and your life, your way of life, your way of thinking ain't the only one on earth. It's about a billion different point of views out here, at least. And I had to understand that, yes, this person may have left me or yes, this person may have put me in a messed up position, you know, and because of that, I lost friends or because I, I lost... They, I lost whatever, like, I had to put myself in the position to scale back and say, Keon, even though you even though you want to point the finger at everybody else, my nigga, what have you done, though? That you may not even be aware that you're doing that could have affected somebody else and that they could have potentially give me, forgiven you for. And sometimes you know about some you don't. But through grace, I understood that, you know what? Okay, God's giving me grace. Who am I not to get another person grace? Because if God was like, well, you got to get up out of here because of that. I would have been going back in like, I would have, I would have been going, about shit, about 1988, I was born in 91, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have been gone like, a long time. Like, yeah, I would have been out of here, you know, like, we come out the womb with the bush, you know, so if, if I'm able to have that kind of grace and God is still able to point me to the right direction, not that he's trying to get me to go through, even though he sends me through hell to get there so I can learn my lessons, if he can give me that, why can I not have the same level of strength to give that to somebody else. Now, at the same time, grace doesn't mean forgiveness, and forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. So I guess somebody asked some grace, and they do that shit again. I'm sorry, you know, just, you know. It's, 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 we talking family values, though. So as oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Your children will get grace, and they will get grace, and they will grace, 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 grace. That's something. That's something. I'm saying, man, I'm flashing back over here. I mean, silly. I'm saying things, man. It's really back in, key. <laughs> but um, but no, that's one thing I definitely want to teach my kids because at the same time, you know, um, I feel like it's really important to give that, um, not just for your own individual sanity, but at the same time, it also allows you to, one, mend relationships with people and everybody isn't always out to get you, you know? So sometimes with lack of grace and things like that, you kind of forget that people are people sometimes and people also deserve chances. You got a lot of people out here that's really hardcore. I'm going to give you more chances. You could have low-key, low-key, by you making that decision, you could low-key, low-key burnt a bridge with somebody who's just trying to grow, who's just simply trying to grow and they didn't even realize what they was doing. Mm, 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 mm. And you just sit up and just eliminated that. Mm-hmm, because of your rule. Because of your rule and who mm-hmm. you think you are. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to bring it back in sometimes. So grace... It's the one thing because grace opens up the doors to so many different opportunities and different options. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for your family because I think that's a that's a wonderful that's a wonderful value. I've never heard that answer before, and I think that comes straight from God. 
So thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> with no, me. Thanks for having me. This is mom. I really appreciate it. You know, I hope you edit this thing. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you don't need a lot of bleeps. We shall What's happening? Oh, oh, hey, look. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. I thought it was a fan for you. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got no fan. Well, hey, I'm you like, know, I'm gonna call. Yes, my somebody did tell me, like, yo, I'm your favorite, bro. He's like, hold on, wait a minute. I appreciate that. But I guess to the point where editing is not required, because I actually was not planning on editing very much. I will say thank you so much for, um, thank you so much for for joining sure. us on the Work and Play podcast. One, your story is not only the mesh between work and play, but it's also a very spiritual journey that allows us to be able to hone both at the same time because it's not it don't just happen all the time i mean we've talked about the corporate side but there's an actor somewhere who needs to learn how to build that corporate tenacity and they haven't quite yet so if they are interested in contacting you how can they continue to follow you what are you up for next um you you can find me on on instagram on uh, keon r mitchell so that's k-e-o-n r mitchell instagram twitter i don't really use twitter like that but you can find me on um, pretty much any social media platform with that handle uh you can also just feel free to email me either myself or my team will get back to you at um, bkrm excuse me bkr.m brand at gmail.com we'll reach right back out to you um but for the most time for the most part instagram is probably the best way to get directly in contact with me any kind of bookings or anything like that definitely reach out to carol on the talent agency reach out to mark Soper or charlotte Soper. you know they're pretty active to get right back to you uh yeah. And he responds too. Look, I can't lie. I was definitely like, oh my god, he responded to my my DM. You know, people get a little respond. famous when they got over ten thousand. Uh, I, I got like I got like a hundred requests in there. Like, bro, you shut up. <laughs> okay, so yeah, okay, guys, it's why I do feel a little Well, thank you so much for being here. Nah, thank y'all. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'll catch you guys later. Peace what? out.